Welcome to Smart Finance 360, the podcast where money matters meet innovative thinking. Every week, we dive deep into the world of finance, exploring trends, debunking myths, and bringing you the latest insights from industry experts. Whether you're a seasoned investor, a financial newbie, or somewhere in between, this is your go-to source for becoming financially savvy. All right, welcome to another episode of Smart Finance 360, your mortgage and more. Today, specifically mortgages, we're going to focus on the mortgage products out there in detail. So if you're looking for a home loan right now, right now, this episode would be great for you because you can see and learn about the products out there and they might pertain to you. So let's just start from the most popular product out there, Jimmy. I would say the conventional loan. Tell me a little bit about the down payment. You need the percentage-wise, typical credit, and what are the type of customers the conventional loan investors are looking for? Conventional loan is pretty easy. You can actually get a conventional loan with as little as 3% down. So a lot of people think 20% down like grandma and grandpa. 3% is actually the threshold for a first-time buyer or if one of the borrowers on the loan is a first-time buyer. So let's say there's three borrowers. One of them is a first-time buyer. They can do the Fannie Freddie 3% down. With Freddie as home one, Fannie is 3% down. That's a great loan. The other parameters that actually really help that loan is if someone meets the the AMI or the average median income threshold or below, which in our market is about 79 grand, then they can get much lower mortgage insurance and better interest rates. So that's conventional. 3%, the real sweet spot's about 5% down. And a lot of people want to put 15 or 20% down, but frankly, the rates are as good at 5 or 10 as they are at 20. And the MI with the broker, like we are, much, much cheaper. Yeah, you mentioned the MI there, the mortgage insurance with conventional. Typically, conventional mortgage insurance, if you have great credit around probably 760, even putting 5% down, you're going to have a pretty aggressive mortgage insurance payment. Yeah, I ran a uh, $500,000 loan, 10% down, 450. I think the MI was like 40 bucks. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> on a $450,000 loan. So it's it's pretty great. Obviously, the sweet spot of conventional, in my opinion, with what FHA has done, and we'll talk about that in a minute, is probably 720 or higher unless you meet that AMI threshold or below. And then, then we got to look at all options. So tell me about the PMI. There's a few ways you can get rid of it from conventional because it doesn't stay at the life of the loan. Can yeah. you tell a little bit how you get rid of your private more insurance on your loan? So you could do lender paid MI. Obviously, the lender pays it. It's financing the loan. I don't recommend that because values are continuing to appreciate. Even in a high-rate environment, we still appreciate it this year, which is crazy. Um, when you get a certain threshold, basically 80%, but really most lenders look at 78%, it'll automatically drop off of the initial appraised value. Okay. Not of what you think it is. So now you can go to the lender and say, Hey, I want to remove this and get a new appraisal. When it hits a certain percentage, they'll take it off. That's a little tougher fight. But if you got a house two or three years ago and you still got mortgage insurance, you should really call the lender and the servicer and figure that out. So when this, you call the servicer and the service can, the servicer can basically figure out how much your home's appraised for. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they may ask for a drive-by appraisal or a full appraisal. And then you can get that appraised value ratio at the 80% and then boom, your PMI is off. So that's great. Another question I have for you with conventional loans is how many can you have? How many conventional at a lot at a time? Let's say you have a, you buy a lot of houses. Um, I've got clients with four and five conventional loans wow. right now because what they've done is they've, you know, frankly, it's the best loan there is to stack properties. And with some of our lenders, even though technically everyone thinks you got to live in a house for a year, maybe, maybe not. We've got a lender that once you're six months past that, that initial closing date, they don't care. They'll let you go to the next house. They'll go to the next house. I've got a group of brothers right now that literally every six to nine months, they buy another house and they buy another house and they buy another house. 
That way they take their primaries, put 5% down, and buy another primary, put 5% down, buy another primary, 5% down, put buy another primary, and it works. And, you know, they're on, I think between the three of them, they have seven or eight houses right now. So it's pretty slick. And that's the coolest piece that people don't know is you only need to put 5% down as long as it's a primary. Yep. Every time you move into a house, yep. you don't have to put in the traditional 20% down. You can put five down. So that's that's a great, great thing about conventional. So also we got conventional investment properties, which you know usually they're going to want 20, 25% down. Yep. That also is a conventional product for investment properties and second homes. Let's talk about a little bit about the Federal Housing Administration's loan, the FHA loan. Okay. What's kind of the requirements for that? FHA is pretty simple. Regardless of income, there is no income limitations. You're 3.5% down, um, up down to a 580 credit score. 580 to 500, you're 10% down. Now, mind you, you still have to get approved and everything below 580, but it's definitely possible. Mortgage insurance does not change. The only way mortgage insurance changes on FHA loan is you put more money down. So 3.5% down, you're going to be 0.55% monthly of the loan amount. So $55 for every 100000 you borrow, which used to be 0.85. That's why FHA got dramatically better this year. And that's why even in that low 700 threshold, it may make more sense to go FHA outside of the upfront mortgage insurance, which is 1.75%. Outside of that, you do have more purchasing power. You, you have the flexibility to have a higher back-end ratio on a loan. That way you can buy more house because rates are traditionally lower. Tell me a little bit how the Federal Housing Administration protects clients when buying a home. I know realtors don't like this as much, but there are a few things when you're getting an FHA loan that they like to look at when buying a house. So it's it really comes down to appraisal. And this is what people bitch and complain the most about. Simple things like peeling paint. And, peeling, and a lot of people are like, well, it's built after 1978. Why does peeling paint matter? It's about health, safety, sanitary. So what happens is, even if it's built in 1995, if there's peeling paint, water gets in the wood rots, that's a problem, okay? So that's why people complain about it. But yeah, peeling paint, broken windows, handrails, you know, exposed electrical, things like that. You know, essentially, and I hate to say this, but with conventional loan, you can get an appraisal on a box of shit, you know? I mean, they're going to catch some things. I've only had, but I've had one appraisal in my career, one that did not pass a conventional appraisal. We got it fixed and it passed, but it had holes in the ceiling. You know, FHA never would have passed. So, I mean, I do like that though. I like that. Come on, let's have handrails. Yeah. Y- y- you can't go down the stairs without handrails for old people or even myself now. And I fell down the stairs last week because I'm clumsy, but <laughs> but the rail helped me. Without the rail, I would have been, it would have been face first. Um, so I think I like that a lot about the FHA, the protecting the client. So uh, let's let's dive into the next loan, which is your favorite. Yep, the best one there is. VA loan, 100% financing. There are some appraisal limitations, not unlike FHA, not quite as strict as FHA, but they're still going to look for peeling paint. They're still going to look for exposed wiring, those type of things. But the VA is 100% financing. You can have more than one VA loan. Feel free to watch our last podcast about VA loans to talk about that. But it's by far the best loan there is if you're eligible. You know, we can have more questions and conversations about eligibility in a different podcast, but 100% financing of the appraised value. Nothing can touch that loan. It's amazing. No mortgage insurance. Great loan. No more insurance. You can put zero down. You can buy a property and then, like you said, have another uh, house as well, depending on your entitlement. Mm -hmm. You can't possibly put zero down again. So great loan. And then another great loan that you like a lot is the USDA loan. Tell us a little bit about that loan. USDA also 100% financing of the appraised value. Um, USDA where it wins. It's not quite as good as it used to be with FHA, but still 100%. 
is even lower mortgage insurance, 0.35% monthly and 1% upfront mortgage insurance. The caveat, though, is unlike FHA, USDA is the hardest loan to qualify for. Very strict income limitations. Not super strict. They're better than they were, but very strict debt-to-income limitations. Like if you don't have perfect credit, they're going to cap you out at 29-41, the ratios. For you guys who don't understand, that's the front-end ratio, payment-to-income, or total debt-to-income. Um, it's amazing, though. It's going to be in rural areas. If you can qualify for that loan, it's a killer. It's, you know, government loan rates, amazing product. It's going to be in the more rural areas, but most people don't realize more than 80% of the America qualifies for a USDA home loan. Yeah, if you're in a rural area, might as well look up. And you, what's cool about the USDA, you can look at the website and see if that actual property is eligible. And I'll tell you the income, the AMI, yep. area minute, medium income, see if you can qualify for that. And again, this is one I think... All these loans are, you should have a great loan officer that you're working with. But USDA, I see so many loan officers mess up on the VA and the USDA loan because they uh, they just simply don't know anything about the, the loan compared exactly. to conventional. So you're going to want to make sure that you work with a great loan officer of those two loans specifically. Let's dive into kind of the nitty gritty loans that we like that a lot of people don't talk about, the non-conforming loans. And okay. there's a plethora of those. So we can start with the bank statement loan then go into DSCR and, you know, there's a ton of different, 1099, ton of different loans there. Let's just start from the top. Tell us a little bit about the bank statement. So loans. bank statement loans are just like they sound. So what happens is, or what you're doing is you're self-employed and basically write everything off. So what they do is they took a look at your bank statements and they look at your cash flow. And so they look at how much money's rolling through the bank every single month. And then based on the kind of business you do, they have some sort of calculation they run based on if it's a heavy service business or if there's lots of parts involved. And they figure out essentially what your expense ratio is and how much you can count every month. So for those of you that are self-employed, it makes a ton of sense. Um, 10 and n program, we'll talk about that. It's great. Say you were W-2, you worked for a company, then you decided to go on your own, still contract with the same company or something similar doing the same work, but now you're 1099. We've got non-conforming lenders that'll handle that. DSCR is one of the greatest programs there were. I had no idea what it was till four years ago. But basically, those of you that have bought investment properties, if you don't want to use your own income to qualify, maybe you don't want to go conforming, basically what they do is they take the rents of the property, debt service coverage ratio, and as long as it's one-to-one or better, typically, you could offset that payment, you can buy a house. You're still going to need the traditional 20% down or more, but what it allows you to do is close in an LLC. So that's pretty cool. So which you cannot do in a traditional mortgage, which is which is awesome. And there's a whole host of other non-conforming loans that we have options with. We have bridge loans. We have all those things. But, you know, there really is a loan for almost everyone as long as you pay your bills on time and make some sort of money. And even if you don't make any money, you know, there's also asset depletion loans. Let's say you have 10 million bucks to make you don't have a job. You, we can get you a mortgage, I promise. Yeah, it's, it's great to see kind of these different type of programs that you can utilize for different type of clients. Uh, the theme for non-conforming, I would say, is you, you want to want to have really good credit and you're going to want a lot to have a lot of money in your bank account. So if you're going to do a bank statement loan, if you want to get the best financing, you're going to want at least 15 to 20% down. Uh, DSCR loan as well, 25% down is going to do much better for you than 20% down. But that's such a great investment loan for investors out there because it has different qualifications. You can write off a lot on taxes, but then you can look at the math and think, okay, well, if I weren't to write off so much and I'd actually get a conforming loan here, how much money am I saving now I have to pay taxes compared to how much money I'm paying on a mortgage with interest rates? So it's kind of nice to do the math between the two. I like to see the side-by-side comparison. And a lot of times I've seen 
people that end up writing off, you know, uh, their taxes and doing a non-conforming loan, they end up saving a lot more money throughout the years compared to saving, you know, a couple percentage points in interest rate on a mortgage. I think the biggest thing based on something you just said is that you want to get with us first. Let's say you're planning to buy a house next year. Let us help you map it out. Because if you want to write everything off, because you can, because your business allows you to, maybe you have the, the big car deductions or write everything off. We want to give you the, the proper structure because if you have four different bank accounts, that's going to screw you up. So you want to make sure you use the same account, you put the money in the same account, and you and you run it through if you're going to go non-conforming. If you're trying to go conforming, they're much less stringent on bank account and movement of money. We can piece it all together. But if you're trying to go non-conforming, write it as much as you can off because just like me, you don't like paying taxes, then you want to make sure you get with some one of us and figure it out. There's many a times when September, October, I've talked to people and said, hey, this is what we need to plan for your taxes next year if you want to do a conforming loan. I was like, you know, you can't write off everything under the sun like you did last year. Not We're not committing tax fraud. No. Frankly, you know, you don't have to write off as much as you qualify for. I could probably write off way more than I do half the time. It's just a decision of do you want to write off and buy other equipment for your business now or do you want to show the more income? There's plenty of ways to do things legally within the system. We're just helping you evaluate if what you're doing, which again, people aren't doing illegal stuff. Whatever you're doing with your CPA, we want to make sure that we can offer you a conforming program or you're going to have to go non-conforming. So it's really good to not only go with a good CPA, but a good mortgage loan officer when you're doing these things. So um, great, Jimmy. Thank you so much for going over this loan programs when getting a mortgage. There's so many of them. So, uh, you know, this is a good, I think, episode for people that are just looking to get uh, a mortgage. Maybe it might be their first mortgage ever. Maybe they are interested in the debt uh, service coverage ratio, the DSCR loan, or maybe they're self-employed and have a bank statement uh, uh, situation. So plenty of different programs out there. Uh, appreciate you having on. If you got having you on, if you guys need a mortgage, Jimmy Hobson's your guy. Uh, appreciate you for being on another episode of Smart Finance 360.